RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Live Bold and Boss Up show. We have missed you guys. It's been a long week, I think. I'm so glad we're back in the studio. And I want to introduce our guest today, who has over 25 years of sales and leadership experience working with CEOs, presidents, VP of sales in various companies to help strategically build their sales forces. He has trained hundreds of sales teams and even thousands of sales individuals. He advises his clients in four areas of the leadership and sales side of their business, which is strategy, structure, staff, and skills. So before joining Sandler, he was the vice president of national sales for a technology training and educational organization where he directed, hired, trained inside and outside sales forces during his tenure working for small, medium, and Fortune 500 companies. I have to let you know he's a graduate of the University of Central Florida with a degree in finance. Welcome, Clint Babcock. Thanks, Ash. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks for inviting me here. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. So, Clint, well, first of all, I I will say that during the intro, and um, because I've known Clint for year probably a five plus years now yep at over least. five years um i always feel like i have to be on my a game with clint because he <laughs> trained me in sales and you know i i feel like i am where i am today because of the the training that i got from clint and sandler so um so yeah I, I mean he's one of the best in training so thank you for being here my pleasure my pleasure so, Clint, you shared with us the other week whenever we were talking that you just launched a book on negotiations mm-hmm. called Negotiating from the Inside Out. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome. Honestly, I thought you would have written a book a long time ago. <sighs> I started a long time ago. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a two-year project, really, um, you know, that uh, was a, a topic that really came out of you know, we, we spend so much time in sales, right? We spend so much time in sales. So there's a lot of a lot of training and development in there. But um, just one of the things that I noticed was you did a good job selling. And when you do a great job selling, there's no negotiations. It just moves on. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of businesses, a lot of clients that I work with, I've seen really great sellers not be so great at negotiations. And it was just a, a topic that we would get to. And all of a sudden, there wasn't a path, there wasn't a system, there wasn't enough development around that across an entire organization. And, uh, you know, so so I started to inquire, I started to ask, hey, what kind of negotiations training have you gone through? Um, tell me about your your business and your, your negotiations intelligence. And, uh, and I got a lot of blank stares. I got, well, I, I, I don't know. Well, tell me, what, what all do you know about negotiations? And, and it just was not much. And then I'd say, well, what all do you know about sales? And, of course, people can tell me that all day long. So, uh, so I think there was a, there's a really big gap within organizations both ways, how they buy and negotiate. So all kinds of companies have certain ways that they buy and do they negotiate well and then, of course, us as salespeople and sales organizations, what's our process? What's our path? So that's um, so. This book was really written for those people and those organizations and companies that just don't have a negotiation process and, and playbook to follow. I like that. I'm definitely going to have to read your book. <laughs> it just came out in 
July. July first. Yep. Awesome. So who is this book geared towards? Like salespeople or or who? Yeah. Um, if you are in business, it's geared towards you. Because in some way, shape, or form, you're negotiating. Either you're negotiating internally for resources and um, for pay. Right. <laughs> you guys get in the pay business a little bit, don't you? Yes. Right? Um, so uh, definitely sales. Sales leadership should be absolutely the ones reading this book because you've got to know negotiations because you are negotiating with your salespeople all the time. Heck, actually, quite frankly, sometimes the best negotiations that happen are the salespeople negotiating with their sales leaders to get discounts on stuff to then go back out to the their prospect with. So uh, owners have to know this, right? Owners have to negotiate with partners, vendors, um, employees. I mean, think about, let me ask you this. Both of you think, what are some of the things in your world, both personally and professionally, you negotiate? <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things. My first thing is my my husband, right? Like, okay, yes. <laughs> who wants to pick up and drop off the kids? Let's negotiate that. That was my first thought. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So true. And anything that, that you do. Yeah. You know, how, how, how many kids you have? Two. Two. How old? Seven and five. Ah, oh, they're master negotiators oh, already. They right? are. You're right. Yeah. You're right. My, my older one, for sure. Yeah. She's like, oh, well— Listen, I, I she'll negotiate on watching a show or watching a game. She'll be like, "Well, I won't give you a kiss if you don't let me watch this game." Or having dessert after dinner. Ooh. Like, I'll eat all my dinner if I can have this. Or yeah, so true. So, so learn from your five and your seven years olds because here's where they negotiate that we miss as adults. They negotiate emotionally, mm-hmm. right? right? Think about yeah. what, think about what you point. you're not getting this. Unless I get that. And what does that do? That pulls on us emotionally. Mm-hmm. So one of the things in the, in the book that I talk about are sources of leverage. There's eight primary areas of sources of leverage, and emotion is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. How can you turn that down, right? 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 Oh, wait a second. I want to kiss, right? That's an, emotional, <laughs> that's an emotional thing. So they already know. They're masters at it, and they don't even know it. And wh- what are we doing? We're, we're, we're wilting over. Yeah. It's, win, it's win-win, right? So, um, so that's the, the part where if you really start dialing yourself back and think about what are all the areas that I negotiate personally and professionally, it happens all the time. Yeah. You so know? taking a step back and looking at, really just every point of your day, what could possibly be negotiated, get a good base, right? And then kind of build from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So so the the book starts out, it's, you know, the book is entitled Negotiating from the Inside Out. And, and hey, I've never written a book before, but I was told just start, right? That was, I was told, just start. You know, the content was there, the idea was there. So, when I got done, it's it's like, okay, well, the first place you got to start is yourself. What kind of negotiator are you? How are you wired for negotiations? Some people are wired more for it than others. And uh, one of the key behaviors that I talk about in there is conflict. How, how comfortable are you with conflict? Yeah. The more comfortable you are with conflict, the more you'll be comfortable with negotiations. Okay, but what do you mean by conflict? Yeah. Is it how do you feel about how people feel about you? Is that what you're referring to when you say conflict? Think about negotiations. You want something, they want something. It's conflict. 
So if I were to put it on a scale, scale of zero to nine, zero means I don't like conflict. I'm conflict avoidance. Mm -hmm. You will not want to negotiate because you'll want to avoid the conflict whatsoever. And your negotiation strategy is, oh, what do you want? Okay, let me go see if I can make that happen. Right. Okay, let's go all the way to the other end of the scale. You're a nine. You're a win at all cost conflict. You enjoy it. You're not going to be a good negotiator because you're going to be like, it's my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be too, too strong. So where's that balance? Five, six, seven. Hey, I don't mind conflict. Conflict is nothing more than a means to an end. If we have conflict in negotiations, it can be stressful. It can be tough, but I'm okay with that because we're working towards something. So I see it all the time when we do our exercises in our classes, the non-confrontational people are the ones that lose a lot in the negotiations because they just don't like that. So the reason why it's negotiating from the inside out is you got to also, you got to look at yourself. How are you wired? How are you competitiveness? What's your assertiveness? Um, for that matter, what's your disc profile? Mm -hmm. And understanding, you know, how you are wired communication-wise. So the more you understand that about yourself, the more you can start to understand that the first negotiations happens between your own ears. I right. love the disc test. I know. I was, I was, whenever you were talking, that's what I was thinking about was the personality assessments and getting to know yourself. And I know I'm the type of person I don't like dealing with conflict. So taking that assessment and learning about me helps me you know, deal with the D's and, you know, what I need to do to, to deal with conflict. Mm -hmm. What are I you? Work in that? I mean, I probably took this five years ago, so Didn't it may you take have it changed. With connection? It was a different one. Oh, okay. But with Sandler, I, I think I was an S and a C. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, around D's, I always got a little uncomfortable and, and I was never good with negotiations or dealing with conflict. So I helped that helped me get better at it and realize how to deal with D's. And in, in the sales world, I feel like a lot of people are, you know, like that. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. So, so think about what you learned. You learned how you're wired. So how do S's want to negotiate? As long as you have structure, give yourself structure, give yourself a plan, which then goes into section number two of the book is what's your playbook for negotiations? In other words, when somebody immediately asks for something, do you know what your first step is? And that's the part where most people fall down. Their first step tends to be a concession, and that should never be the first step. And that's the part that this book will really help with S is it'll give you structure. It'll give you a path and a system to follow as well as everybody else. But, you know, instead, what ends up happening is, uh, you know, is, hey, you know, can you, you know, hey, can you knock a few points off of this? Can you sharpen your pencil? Hey, you're going to have to do better. Whatever that first, that first poke at negotiations happens, you got to immediately have your first move on that. And that's to absolutely give nothing but an assurance and a question back. So we call it acknowledge, reassure, and ask a question. So, hey, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Look, um, I can share with you that based upon what we discussed and what we talked about, this is going to take care of your issues, your problems. This is going to be the right candidate in your world for you, right? Um, but let me ask you a question. Were you, were you really still hoping that they could start on Monday, right? It's, a, it's just a, a way of not taking that first move because what ends up happening, somebody asks for something right away, 
we got to watch it that our high need for approval kicks in and goes, oh, I want to give them what they have asked for. Well, wait a second. That's not negotiation. That's kind of, you know, that's that's your 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 conceding way too quick and way too mm-hmm. fast. It's definitely not a win win. It, it isn't. There. Yeah. And it breaks the biggest rule of negotiations that everybody knows is no unilateral concessions, right? Don't give up something without getting something in return. So it holds it back. And think about anything you got just because you asked for it. What do you do then? You ask for more. Or you realize, dang, I should ask for more, mm-hmm. right? So so think about from the inside out, as you guys understand DISC and some of the, the, the listeners here understand, you got to know how you're wired. And then think about who you're about ready to negotiate with. If you're going to negotiate with a D, what's their style? If you're going to negotiate with an I, they're going to get a collectiveness to them. If you're going to negotiate with an S, they're going to want comfort. If you're going to negotiate with a C, they're going to know their numbers. They're going to have their data. They're going to have more research than you do. Oh, definitely. C's always beat me up with that, with those numbers. I can't even compete. <laughs> but I'm a D, so that's funny that that it's harder for you to connect with D's, but because like, we're good close friends, right, right. I know that like what what you need and like I check in with you on the on another level. Yeah. Right? That's why we we complement What are each you? Other well. What are you Clint? I no. No? No. 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 Wait, a, no, wait, let wait. Uh you must be a C. Why do you say that? You could you turn into a C? Could you like can you be a D and then turn in you later on anything, in life? Because just because you have all this data and information around sales training and uh, negotiating, I just think okay, well that makes sense to be a C for you. Okay. You have a lot of data. Um, so here's the deal. First of all, <laughs> this is what I would, and this is what I tell everybody. Look, you have got if you don't know DISC, know it to the point of where you can identify somebody in a minute or two. That's a big learning curve for you. Get there mm. because. When you say you can be anybody, anybody can make those adjustments, right? So once you understand and you recognize you can pick up now and you know that the cadence of a D is just going to be quicker, faster, and you know how to be able to connect with that person in that way, that's the part about everybody says, hey, you got to be a chameleon. You got to mirror and match. True. But if you don't know DISC, you are missing it. Mm -hmm. So I am an S, I. I'm an S, high high S with an I, which means structure, um, path, processor, but I love people and I like being around people and such. However, to your point, most of my clients, most of my clients are D's, right? And uh, so I had to learn to make that adjustment when I'm negotiating and working with them because that's the way that they like to communicate Mm -hmm. and people like to do business with people that are like them. Yeah. Now that you say that, I can totally see it. Yeah. The S-I. I think I need to brush up on it for sure. Yeah. Being a D, I just know all about D's <laughs> and not about S's as much or I's or, yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to negotiating, what is it that you two run into most often? What do you hear from either the candidates or from your employers? I mean, of course, the candidates always want more money and the employers <laughs> want to pay less money. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's finding that good, happy medium where, you know, of course, you're getting the candidate as much money as you can, but then you being fair with the client, of course. Um, mm-hmm. So just meeting in the middle and finding a win-win for everybody. Okay. Yeah. So, so in order to do that, this is what you two get put in the situation of you got to do a lot of listening, mm-hmm. a lot of counseling back and forth. Mm-hmm. 
and that's part of negotiating as well. The, you know, the 70-30 rule of you, you know, only talking 30% of the time and listening 70% of the time mm-hmm. takes place right in negotiations as well. Because you got to find that you got to find that happy medium, so you got to understand both sides to be able to help influence and be able to bring them together. Right. And that's you, you think about. It, you guys are negotiating every single day with your clients and candidates, and um, you know, so understanding where each are coming across is part of the sources of leverage. Also, is look, I need to understand why you're taking that position. Mm-hmm. and uh, understand the difference between somebody's mission. Their mission, I need a position. I need a person, the right person to fill that role. That's their mission. What's their position? I only want to pay X, right. Mm-hmm. right? And when you really dive into that, they'll move off of those positions in order to accomplish the mission that's going to get them to where they need to be. Right, 100%. Yeah. And which makes me feel like I need to learn even more about the the C part of the disc, right? Because there's some clients that really need to see the, the numbers, right? Well, how many candidates did you go through? There's There are some that want to see all that back work. Not that they want to do all the work, but they just want to see those numbers and see, okay, well, out of those candidates, what are they making? What's, what's the market paying them? And, you know, is that applicable to what I want to pay? And so that's really interesting. I love how all of this is kind of connected, Right. Related. I think being educated and knowing the market and being able to talk to the candidate about that and the client, I mean, you have to know to, to help educate them to get everyone on the same page. Yeah. Well, and think about it. Sometimes what's the real what's the real difference over time and what they're really discussing about? If right. it's if it's five bucks an hour, ten bucks an hour, fifteen bucks an hour versus what that person can do for that organization and company. And if they wait an extra week or two, mm-hmm. they, they lose that. And, you know, so with C's, go back to the data, go back to the dollars and cents and numbers. Okay. I, hey, I understand in the grand scheme of thing, this is going to cost you an extra 1500 bucks a year, 2000 bucks a year. Let's break that down onto a monthly basis. Is this really worth us, you losing the best case candidate over few thousand bucks. I love that, Clint. Mm-hmm. Right? That's great. It's yeah. so, so I think, you know, C's will light up to that because they'll all of a sudden realize, yeah, are we really just stepping over some pennies here? Right. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, I need to go back. I'm going to be researching the DISC uh, assessment <laughs> and then aligning all my clients and candidates too. I'm like, okay, I think this person's D, this person's I. I still have my Sandler book. I brought you it do? in. You yeah. do? Did you? Okay. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited. So, this is this is really cool. I'm I'm getting excited about all these tips you're throwing out. Um, I heard listening. Um, I like the you know knowing the the disc placement right and how to speak to that person. What else? What tidbits can you share with us that our listeners can go home with as well? Like for negotiating properly and really coming out with a win win right? Because I'm under, in my understanding negotiating right where no matter how many parties are involved, it's just, it's a win for everyone. Everyone needs to go home with something, right? Um, yeah. What, what I are think, some more tips? You know, so, so a couple of things. One is you got to know what you, in what we do as far as most business professionals. Yeah. You know, win-win is always going to be good, but there's, there's competitive negotiations and there's cooperative. Competitive is if I'm selling sweaters on the streets of New York City, I'm competitive. I'm going to negotiate because I'm never going to see you again. You're going to buy my stuff and I'm never going to see you again. So when you're going to buy something, put yourself in your buyer's role for a second. How do you negotiate when you buy? 
Because when somebody's saying, hey, I want to become better at negotiating, I'll say, okay, you buy stuff day in, day out. Become better as a buyer and watch what people do. So go out and compete. If you're going to, to, to buy something that you may never see that person again, you're going to go buy a f- piece of furniture. Do you right. just pay sticker or do you really negotiate and do your research and such? So the biggest tip that I'd say, you want to get better, get better as a buyer mm-hmm. because that'll teach you that, care, that, that confrontation a little bit. It'll teach you to do your research. And now if I transition that over internally within an organization, I'd pull everybody together and I would look at the numbers. I would say, hey, over the last six to 12 months, the proposals that we put out, were they taken at the price that we put out or have we lost margin because we've negotiated off of that? And what's that? How much does that cost our organization because we've been giving, heck, one company that I was working with, on their, on their um, engagement form, they had in that form a line that said discount. I'm like, why is that there? Like, well, we just normally give a 10% discount off of this. I'm like, why? It was just something they couldn't even explain. I said, why are you giving up something right away? So the biggest thing is for an organization to go back and look and go, okay, how much is discounting costing us and negotiations costing us in margin? And my guess is a lot of companies will look really quickly and go, wow, it's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now you know you got a problem. So that's going to be something that then you can put some skill set to and you can start doing some training about why are we giving up so much and then identify what are the typical negotiations that you deal with? What do you hear from your customers? So, for example, um, you're in the recruiting business. You have a few competitors out there. Well, hey, XYZ company says that they can do this at this percent. Well, yeah. Yeah. Hear it all the time, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. this company does it for this percentage. Like, that's that's what we do. It's like, okay, well, our percentage is 20% compared to 15% or whatever. Exactly, so, yeah. right. So, so capture those mm-hmm. and then put the system to it. In other words, all right, if these are the ones that I typically hear from my prospects, now sit down, strategize, and go, all right, when we hear that, what are we going to say? What's our response going to be? Okay. Let me share with you my response. Okay. And you tell me if I'm right or let's, how to curb it. Yep. Okay. So if 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 I do have a someone asking me about the percentage of which we charge, right, mm-hmm. a client, um, my my rebuttal is really, well, it's it's, you know, this is the value add. That we're given, right? Like this is our this is our worth. This is hey, what we're so Ashley. Um, so I'll play prospect. So Ashley, okay. um, look, X Y Z company. Um, you know, I know you guys are at twenty percent, um, but X Y Z companies at at fifteen. Can you match that? Oh, putting me on the spot. Absolutely. So so yeah, Clint, I I would love to match that, um, but you know, you'd have to really look at the itemized list of what is that other company giving you, right, for that 15%. I know we're at 20, but really we're doing a lot of the work for you. There's a lot more value here. Let me show you where we're bringing more value than that other company. Okay. All right. So I'm, I was a little vague. That's all right. But, that's but. all right. I'm putting you, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. So, so this is, in the book, I cover the 12 gambits mm-hmm. that are that most buyers use against us. And that's the the competition is lower gambit. 
right? Uh-huh. It's a negotiation move. Right. Everybody knows it. Everybody's dealt with it. So what's your response? So think about this, right? In that response, you're trying to convince them of the value. Right. Okay. How about this move? What uh-huh. if you said, hey, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, look, hey, based upon what you told me about the positions you're trying to fill and how they haven't been filled as timely as you wanted and such, I'm just curious, why does that other company value their services so low? Oh, I love it. Right. Instead of putting me on the on the defense like I like I put myself on, right, yeah. you, you really just hear them out. So you say, hey, I, I hear that. I appreciate that question. And then mm-hmm. you flip it to them really in a, in a question form. They need to justify and defend why they're paying so low. Right. Right? Think about it. What are they getting for paying that low amount? Why are we going to defend and justify our higher right. higher amount? That's our value. But wait a second. Let's let them defend and justify why they would want to pay lower. I love that. Me too. And now what's it do? It put the onus on them to now talk and to come back. So you got to think about that's the that's that move, if you will, in order to get them to respond is why do they want to pay less? If they mm-hmm. want to pay less and get that value, well, then that's why they have their positions not being filled as fast as they want. Yeah, I love that. I know, okay. that is great. Yep, I'm going back and writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is the exercise companies need to need to do right. and, and in order to, to get stronger and get better because here's what's going to happen. You're going to be hit that, and now the automatic pressure comes in. And if you haven't already thought about what my system is, not necessarily the words, but my system, now the system can take over and away you go, just like you went through Sandler. So you learn the Sandler process and the system. Hey, I've got that system, same way. If you don't have a negotiation system, you get rocked on your heels and you immediately go into a concession or you react instead of respond and you're giving up precious margins in the, in the deal and you just don't even know it. Mm-hmm. So um, whenever you're out like with your family to dinner or- <laughs> furniture shopping or whatever are are you negotiating i'm like trying to picture you like outside of work like do you negotiate and- uh, all the time yeah yeah i mean it's you know but it's it's human relations and communication skills i get that question hey do you turn do you turn this sandler stuff <laughs> off in the garage when you walk in the house well, well no because it's just communication Right. I, I'm fortunate. I've got uh, twin daughters that are 18, heading oh, off to college and such. And 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 when I see them do something that I would do, I'm a proud dad. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and, and they're so wired for it. And, and so. So. But yeah. But yeah, there's absolutely. Um, you know, I, I play golf. And, and when I go to the pro shop, sometimes I'll just say, hey, look, I thought I saw a, a discount or something, a coupon or something out there was I've had some people go, oh, yeah, we have this out there. What have you? What am I doing? I'm just poking at it. Maybe something will happen. Maybe it doesn't. I'm still playing golf. But when they jump in and they rescue me, and, you know, want to give me something because of their low conflict. Right. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. But I don't, I don't frustrate my family <laughs> too, too much, too much. Well, and I feel like you're so nice about it. Like, how can you say no to Clint? Well, and, and well, think about it, right? Why do we need to be obnoxious, rude, you know, in that kind of way of a negotiation? Because the relationship is one of the sources of leverage. Think about it. You will negotiate less with somebody you have a strong relationship with. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Because you, you tend to 
trust them. So that's part of it too, is building that relationship. And, and the more you build around that, and the more, yeah, the more nice you are, the more empathetic you are, but you also have to have a path. And, and in the book, we talk about the three different types of negotiators. There's an amateur negotiator, there's a tactical negotiator, and there's a strategic negotiator. And you've got to identify within your prospects what kind of person are you going to be coming up against. And the strategic negotiator can do it very nicely. They've learned more than you. They've studied it. They know negotiations. And we all can think of some people in our personal world that, oh, my gosh, yeah, they're, they're just, they're good. They, mm -hmm. they know more than I do. And if that's who you're going up against, uh, and in a lot of times it's, um, it's your attorneys, right, that work for a company. The internal general counsel are really good. Uh, procurement departments, um, you have to get on our vendor list, right, where those mm -hmm. folks are really good uh, at negotiating because they've gone to classes and have studied how to take margin from us. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of, lot of it, you know, to me, I think if sometimes if you're, you're rude or abrasive, um, that emotion can work sometimes, but for the most part, people are going to want to negotiate harder with you if, uh, if you come across that way. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. So many things are going through my head right now. So you just mentioned three um, types of negotiators. Mm -hmm. what's, what's the first two? You mentioned the third. First one is amateur, mm -hmm. right? Um, descriptor of an amateur would be your your person that just doesn't know how to negotiate, doesn't really put a whole lot of time and energy and effort into it. They may poke at something, um, but they really don't have a plan or a path. Um, but they're still going to want to negotiate, and they and they look at it more as a as an out and out. I'm going to win, you're going to lose. Mm. They don't have that mindset of a partnership in play, so they're just out to get what they're going to get. And then you got the tactical negotiator. This person has a plan, has a path, um, but it's fairly limited. You know, they've negotiated before. They look at it as a, a little bit of a win-win. They may play a little bit of the black knight, white knight, play off you, um, hide some things from you, put the competition up. Hey, we're going out to RFP, not give you some insight, some information. The strategic one is going to draw you in close. They're going to draw you in the close. They're going to know that, hey, the more I get to know you, the more I get to understand how you're, how you're commissioned, how your margins work, how you're driven towards a goal, I'm going to have a better chance of negotiating with you. So they don't leave it up to the other person to tell them. They find out. Yep. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Like for thinking that. their way through it. Awesome. Well, I am going to go out and get your book, Negotiating <laughs> from the Inside Out, right away. And um, you can find it on Amazon or? Yep, it's on Amazon. It'd be the quickest and easiest way to get it. Just okay. search Negotiating from the Inside Out or Clint Babcock on Amazon, and uh, you'll be able to pull it up and find it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Clint. We have a couple questions, uh -oh. just rapid fire. So try to answer in a few, <laughs> few sentences or okay. less. Um, if you can go back in time and tell your younger self anything, what would it be? Ah, trust in myself. Trust in myself more. Um, you know, it, it's, it's that confidence that, you know, that you learn over time to have. But there are certain things that I look back and I go, gosh, you know, I should have trusted in my abilities, trusted, had more confidence in myself at an earlier age than it took me to get there. So, uh, so it would definitely be, be just look, you know, trust in yourself, take, take a little bit of more risk earlier in my career than what I did. Mm -hmm. 
what are your next big plans? You just wrote a book, which is huge. <laughs> like, what what do you plan to do next? So, so right now it's. I'm in, you know, the next 90 to 180 days is all focused on the book. You know what I'm going to do right. next? I've been writing a book. I haven't been reading other books. So oh, what am I going right. to do next? You know, I've got like a half a dozen books that I'm trying to work my way through now and start to read. So when you're working on something, you know, because I even got asked that question the other day. Hey, what are you reading now? I'm like, I haven't been reading anything. Yeah. I've been, you know, writing. trying <laughs> writing, right, and and finalizing this. So, uh, so what's the next big thing? Is just to to dive in, into some some additional books. And uh, with everything that's happened in our world, it's it's. I mean, we're doing a lot of great work for a lot of companies. Everything's remote, so you know, so continuing to work and focus on our business and um, and just start reading more. Yeah. Okay. And uh, one last question: If mm-hmm. you could have a superpower, anyone you wanted, what would you choose and why? I love this question. Yeah, at first it comes. Hey, I'd like to read minds, but I don't want to know what the heck's yeah, going on. Yeah, that's no. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want that. How about the uh, photographic memory? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good right? one. absolutely. Being able to um, to just retain information and such. We we take in so much information, and and those people ever come across somebody is like, oh, that maybe that you went to high school with or something like that. And they go, oh, remember, do you remember it was uh, February 3rd um, and we were doing this, this, and this. And you're like, I got nothing. Yeah. I have no earthly idea what the heck you're talking about. So I don't know just, what I ate on Friday. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just that uh, that ability to recall information, recall stuff, um, you know, a, a lot quicker, faster, and just being able to, to, to have that, I think, would be an awesome superpower to have. This is a really good one. I like that one. Yeah. That's one that I could definitely use. I wouldn't want to read people's mind either. No. Have you seen the movie <laughs> What Women Want? Is it What Women Want with Mel Gibson? Yeah. yeah. I think so. It's an older movie. Yeah. yeah. He like drives himself insane because <laughs> exactly. all he can hear is thoughts. Right. From everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Clint, well, thank you so much for being with us here today. My pleasure. It's always a pleasure whenever we can catch up and and, uh, just get some information from you because you have a lot of good stuff. Um, Thank you so much to Next Path Career Partners and the Tampa Bay Wave for helping this all to be possible. Yes, and until next time, live bold and boss up. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 